Welcome to the Talent Talk with Robert Walters podcast, where we speak to business leaders around the globe to bring you the latest trends and insights from the world of work. Welcome to another one of our Talent Talks with Robert Walters podcast. This is episode two of a four-part series around the return to office and its effects on well-being and mental health with Chris Pinner from InnerFit. So last episode, we were really setting the scene and today sees us move to the two different lenses we were speaking about previously, the leaders and employees and an emphasis on performance and productivity. Morning, Chris. How are you today? Hello, Steve. Very well, thanks. Yourself? Very well, thank you. Yeah, good to speak to you again. Likewise. Yeah, um, it was actually uh, during your crowd-solving event that we spoke about in the previous uh, podcast, where um, I think a point really sort of resonated with me that um, that whilst I felt like I was being more productive working from home, I was wondering kind of how I was measuring that and was I actually working longer hours to achieve essentially the same amount of work? And I'm not sure whether you've had these discussions with your sort of clients about about measuring productivity and about sort of how workers are performing, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> starting right from the top, I suppose the, the holy grail almost is if you can link well-being and performance and prove the correlation between it. And there was one study actually that, that proved it really clearly. Um, and there's also, I think, an Aon benefits and results survey from a year or so ago showed that 90 plus percent of companies and people agree that there's a correlation between well-being and performance. So subjectively measuring your own productivity is, is definitely indicating that well-being matters. And obviously, I believe that if you feel well, you work well. I think what you're hinting at there is really interesting because it's around this idea of just increasing the hours we're doing to hit that output and thinking that, oh, because maybe we've done 1% more, we forget that we've worked 10 plus percent more hours. Um, so definitely this idea that I think Microsoft released some research on the number of meetings that we're having. It had gone up 148%, I think, on the year before. I think the number of documents we're creating and sharing across teams they saw had been up by 66%. Um, so I think the, the volume of work that is happening is definitely up. Um, it's a question of whether or not stepping over the mark on our own structure and boundaries is sustainable and actually boosting the productivity of what we're doing in our performance. Um, and I think that's probably, as you hinted at, it was mentioned on our crowd solving piece. It's probably something that whether or not we've verbalized it and explicitly spoken about it as a leadership team or a, a group of teammates, it's probably something in our subconscious that we know deep down our productivity isn't always where we want it to be yeah i that's an absolutely crazy stat that you were saying from microsoft about the amount the amount of teams meetings that we are having and how much it's increased and i've certainly felt that from from my perspective um and i know a lot of my colleagues have as well um and it almost i think there's all this talk about uh sort of zoom fatigue which i i completely agree with i mean it feels like at the moment you can I suppose you feel like you can just, and I've been guilty of it as well, just chucking a Microsoft Teams meeting into someone's diary and just presume that they're going to accept it. And it's half an hour of that day taken and it just multiplies and multiplies, I suppose. That's it, yeah. And you're not alone in that. In doing that, I think the communications company that we've worked with recently um, 
it's a real challenge to say no. Uh, one person actually said, well, two things. One is I, I couldn't come last time because I actually had five other meetings in the diary <laughs> at that moment. So choosing this one, even though I wanted to, was, was tricky. Um, and the second thing we've heard, uh, again and again, really, but this specific quote stood out for me was that um, we have meeting after meeting after meeting. And because they're cross team, um, we don't always then go away for the next two weeks or week and prioritize the actions in that. Like the other team's priority one might be our priority three. So we're trying to get our priorities one and two done before that. So the next time you have your cross team meeting, no one's done anything on that priority and it just becomes a status update where nothing's changed. Um, but again, you've got another meeting in the diary. So having the ability to say no is important having the willingness to say no and i think there's a lot here around psychological safety um john uh, a coach who delivers leadership training on behalf of innerfit and for his own company growing vision talks about um how if you don't feel safe in your, your environment ultimately you're not going to say no i can't do that you're going to say yeah uh, because the culture might be one of just saying yes because you want to help the team you want to show that you're up for promotion, all, all that type of stuff. But if you sustain that over a long period of time, and I think that's what we're seeing now, is the unsustainable number of hours and lack of boundaries that we've been trying to work through over the last year or so is kind of coming to a head. Um, uh, hence, all of the mental health conversations we've been having here. Because you say, on the one end of the spectrum, you've got complete mental fitness, you've got cognitive performance, you're really, really performing at the best of your ability. At the other end, actually, you're feeling really demotivated and you almost don't want to turn up for work because you're burnt out. And I think we're we're having more conversations at this end of the spectrum, the burnout end of the spectrum, as opposed to I'm really firing on all cylinders, which is maybe due to the nature of what we do as a business and how we try and help. But actually, I'd love to be able to get towards that top end of the spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what I've been sort of seeing with particularly our company where some people are going back into the office some people are still working from home is that I think there's that trickiness to being able to kind of manage people that are working from home and in the office and trying to do both at the same time and I'm not sure whether you've kind of seen a lot around that or not yeah this the the split teams idea is a tricky one if, if you're a leader as well I think um and managing team performance uh, we've started to get requests in again for in-person delivery from kind of September October onwards and the question of practically like how do you do that if you're doing a cook-along with a nutritionist if you've got a group in the office as a team building exercise what about all the people at home and ultimately how do you figure out like the best way to deliver that session if you've got some people who feel a bit detached from the room itself uh, so I think practically there are some considerations there um, but at a high level, I think what we're what we're seeing is this this Zoom fatigue really starting to kick in, and the split teams point really boiling down to good communication. Um, if I come back to the Q12, so John, leadership coach, will always reference this Gallup Q12, a really good, well recognised engagement survey that can help with understanding a team's performance and level of engagement. So, if, basic point is if you can answer yes or a good answer to these 12 questions um chances are you've got a high performing team whether that's remote whether that's 
in the office or whether that's a split team. So it's things like uh, Q1 is, do I know what's expected of me at work? <clears throat> uh, I think Q5 or seven is, is did I get praise in the last seven days for the work I did? Um, and so I think Q1, do I know what's expected of me at work? In the office, it's a little bit easier maybe to, to have that informal communication to say, okay, how are you getting on with this task? How are you approaching it? Okay, I expect that the deadline for this should be Friday. Um, but now it's got to be a dedicated meeting. So that presents a different challenge in terms of productivity. And I think if I'm thinking about praise for good work, again, it's, it's something that you could have done previously to say, oh, nice job passing someone in the corridor or at the water cooler. But now it's got to be part of that dedicated meeting or one-to-one. So definitely a challenge. I think communication has a lot to do with it. But again, interested in, in your thoughts on this one. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think a lot of it's coming back to that level of communication. And when you say, like you say with Q1, um, do you know what's expected of you at work? As you say, when you're in the office, you get a feeling for that. You can just have a chat with your boss. You can just say, you can ask them kind of whether you're hitting certain levels. I think when you're working from home, um, it takes that effort to reach out. And like you say, there's another meeting going in to discuss all of this, which will go on for another half an hour or so, which which could potentially lead to that burnout. Um, does a employee working at home feel like they are trusted to be getting on with their work or not? Um, and if they feel like they're performing what they they might not reach out so um i think like say i think going back into the office will i think it can lead to that being a lot better monitored than necessary sort of working from home and everything yeah i hope so and that that microsoft research i mentioned um before actually if if we split it down by group uh, they found that 61 percent of business leaders were thriving uh, versus 39% were struggling or surviving. And if you look at the other end of the spectrum and the millennials, I think single people, uh, new employees who've joined within the last year, potentially never met anyone, um, frontline workers and Gen Z, that's, that ratio has flipped. So actually you've got 67% to 61% struggling and surviving. So I think that communication you'd hope and connection when you go back into the office will will come true again particularly for those people that have joined within the last year and never met anyone um, we've seen a lot of uh, people feeling a little bit isolated and I like your point about feeling comfortable to to speak up and if you're underperforming or think you're not doing so well like are you going to really proactively communicate that at this point I'm not sure yeah absolutely and um, I think that brings us to a sort of natural close to this episode and I think that the um the piece around the uh high performance q12 with john was um it's new to me but really really interesting so uh thanks so much for that um i think in the next episode we're going to go into a bit more detail on the challenges that leaders are facing and um any potential solutions that we may be seeing on that but um thanks again for your time today chris thank you steve